So how extensive is this evidence? I think it's extremely important that as a country with a strong and independent justice system, we allow those justice processes to unfold themselves with the utmost integrity. But I can assure you, the decision to uh, share these allegations on the floor of the House of Commons Monday morning was not done lightly. Uh, it was done with, or Monday afternoon, was done with uh, the utmost seriousness. There's the Prime Minister at the United Nations uh, getting pressed by the media to back up these allegations against India that prompted the showdown that we're now in. And, you know, why was this said in Parliament? That's one thing I'm curious about. Is this one of those things that should have been done a little more privately or, or done out in the foyer at a news conference? I don't know. Um, you know, and other than being forced by the Globe and Mail to finally say something, why did Trudeau act on this threat so boldly, given he still hasn't even come close to this kind of pushback to China? Nonetheless, uh, we are in new territory, and there are enormous implications in play that will have a huge impact on not just our economy, economy but our allies, certainly, and uh, the 1.8 million Indo-Canadians now caught in the middle. Peter McKay is a lawyer, was former Federal Minister of Justice, Foreign Affairs, and National Defense. Good to have you. Alex, nice to be with you. It's great when the person you have on has all the titles you need to talk about, you know, the particulars and the expertise. So this works out very well because you would have been, I, I assume, one of those um, spoken about on this issue and, and one of the decision makers. Do you think it was appropriate to make this kind of announcement in Parliament or was that a mistake? Would you have done this in Parliament or done it differently? Well, I mean, that's a, that's a tough question, but let me, let me just say I think it could have and should have been done differently. That's my opinion. Um, because mm -hmm. as you've alluded to, uh, we're sort of in uncharted waters to see the the head of state wade into an open murder investigation and point the finger in a very vague way at another country. Uh, we have suspects at large, presumably, um, probably no longer in our country, by the way, would be my opinion. And if the RCMP and Canada writ large want cooperation from India, Accusing them in such a, an open and aggressive way is not something that's going to lend itself to cooperation. The Prime Minister, let's not forget, just 10 days ago, met directly with mm. uh, Modi, the, the president of, uh, of India, and told him outright, look, we have these intelligence reports that say that your government may be implicated in this. What do you have to say? And apparently, Modi said, that's absurd. And, you know, that statement was echoed more recently by a spokesperson for the Indian government. And they used very, I thought, curious language when they said uh, it's absurd and it's motivated. Motivated mm -hmm. by Canada. And what does that mean? Politically motivated, motivated to, to do what? Um, but, you know, Change the channel? they sing, well, possibly. It, it, mm -hmm. It's bizarre, frankly be saying it's serious it's serious i can't tell you what it is but it's serious i would have expected frankly to come back to your question that this would have been the head of the rcmp holding a press conference if if in fact it was necessary to make it public in in such a grandiose way right because now we're in a they said we said a game and and the prime minister knows darn well that that 
we're not going to get evidence probably till I'm dead. Uh, that's it takes a long time, assuming you can get anything. I don't think India is going to welcome us in with open arms. It's just it's very hard to investigate and it takes a long time. And so I guess everyone's going to bank on the well, this is what we say and the prime minister will say what he says. Now, I don't have an issue with any prime minister standing up for this country. No, and not at all. maybe he should have done it a long time ago because this is not a secret that we have extreme elements within the Indo Canadian uh, population. We've known this for a long time, just as China and Iran. Um, so this is a thing that Canada has become known for. Having said that, um, you know, this government, Sam Cooper wrote a pretty damning report, and hopefully people will start asking about it. These NSICOP reports that say CSIS. Their threat reduction, um, yeah, they were working on operation uh, to, to interrupt, um, you know, these, these groups in 2017. And because he had an upcoming trip to India in 2018, uh, you know, the government didn't want it, you know, going ahead. So David Vignon, CSIS, they, they wanted to move on this operation in 2017 um, to, to interfere with intelligence gathering, and, and it was interrupted. Well, again, it seems to me, Alex, that this will all be a tremendous amount of interesting um, examination that is going to happen by a judge into the broader subject of foreign interference in our country. But I, I do come back to this growing concern about interference by other countries that certainly our allies share. And, and on the subject of intelligence, we're members of the Five Eyes. So... Yeah. Some of this intelligence may have also come from other countries. That remains to be seen. But it is worth noting that the UK, the United States, mm -hmm. Australia, mm -hmm. our closest allies, while expressing concern, have not drafted in four square behind Canada in, in basically saying India did this. India is responsible for this. They chose much more diplomatic language. When we're talking about a government another foreign government implicated in a murder on Canadian soil. Yes, it's serious, but you better be able to back that up. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah. as we saw in the Khashoggi case involving Saudi mm -hmm. Arabia, where a Turkish journalist was slaughtered, um, that was never resolved. Right. And, yeah. the, uh, you know, the likelihood that we're going to catch the perpetrators of this, I think, has been diminished by the politicization of an investigation. Yeah, and you need only look to the area, India and the many, many failures over, you know, justice for the families of those murdered on that, uh, on that flight. Having said all that, in your mind, what's the damage here and, and can it be fixed? I mean, there's, there's no question if someone's come into, you know, any, any other government coming into this country killing any Canadian, it's not okay. Having said that, what is the long-term damage? What, what's the, the next few years look like, do you think? Well, look, I, I think the diplomatic fallout and damage from this is uh, unprecedented. And we are, this isn't to say that, you know, you compromise yourself for trade and for economic reasons. But I, I think as far as any future pivot away from China, in the hopes that we're going to pick up more business in India, that file is, is going to be in the deep freeze now for a very long time. The personal relationship between the prime minister. Even with the change uh, of government? Well, that I mean, that is one possible change in the situation for sure when you bring new people into the equation relationships of course can be reset and india is a is a democratic country it's a, a g20 partner they're a country that is on the rise we have significant indian population uh, indo-canadian population as you mentioned 
Mm-hmm. So relationships absolutely can be repaired, but I think it's going to be very difficult, next to impossible, for the current prime minister and government to turn this around at this point. And there is a cost uh, for for doing yeah. this. You know, we saw time will tell. I, explanation I of diplomats, uh, explanation. Of the, we we may see further fallout. Still, I think this is still a fresh wound. Yeah, I do too. Um, only because I'm going to run out of time and not because I'm not interested in continuing that conversation. I do want your thoughts on this uh, StatsCan information that most of the 700 most dangerous offenders in this country are in medium and minimum security. And, and Paul Bernardo, and we've talked about his secret transfer, which everyone was apparently so shocked about, and yet he still sits in, in medium security. Like, when did this become a thing where we've just normalized that dangerous people, you know, they can go to medium security? Like, I don't understand why these people have to get help. Well, Bernardo was, was a shock. This is even more shocking. Uh, apparently, <laughs> he was the thin edge of the wedge. If we yeah. have numbers like that uh, in our medium at the minimum security uh, facilities that are there doing life sentences for, for the most part <clears throat> and, mm-hmm. uh, and are now in, in uh, a place where they, they can be a danger to the guards, to other prisoners, and to, to for flight risk, it, it doesn't add up that uh, those numbers would be as high as they are. The onesies and twosies, you can sometimes understand if they're a long-time prisoner that has exhibited no, no dangerous behavior. But this is a real concern to the guards. It fits mm-hmm. in with the, the larger narrative that we are becoming too soft in terms of the protection of the public, because that's what this is about. If somebody is sentenced to life, prison, life in prison in a maximum security facility, that's where they should be. It's breaking faith with mm-hmm. the people of Canada. I mean, I find this to be an appalling story, and nobody seems answerable for it. Yeah, no, well, we now have a new justice minister. Maybe he'll talk about it when he gets those judge appointments filled. I am against the clock, uh, Mr. McKay, uh, out of time, but I had lots to talk about with you, so I appreciate uh, you coming on. Thank you. My pleasure, Alex. Take good care. There you go. That's Peter McKay. And uh, I'll, we'll stay on that story because it is appalling. And um, Paul Ever has said he'll, he'll change that.